Amen? Absolutely. Young and enthusiastic and inspired uh, in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Okay. Let's, uh, let's have a look at um, this passage of Scripture. Spiritual gifts. Now, Paul um, is writing to the Corinthians and, uh, you know, they've been thoroughly abusing spiritual gifts. Uh, they've been, it's been a, a thing of pride. You know, I have a better gift than you. <laughs> and so, therefore, you know, obviously I'm, I'm more blessed of God than, than you. It become a thing of pride and, and abuse. They just began to, uh, in terms of tongues and everything, it just became a, a, a real chicken coop with lots of noise happening and, uh, and nobody really following any proprietary in worship. Uh, there was no order in worship. It was just a bun fight <laughs> whenever they met. Uh, don't forget there was, there was already conflict between them. Um, you know, so whenever they met, there was not even a sense of unity and harmony um, there was certainly lacking of love and sensitivity and compassion towards one another. Makes you wonder, doesn't it, how the Spirit of God actually moved and worked in this church. But wow, did he ever. You know, if you go back to chapter 1, Paul's saying, you know, I, I can't believe you have every gift, he says to them. Every gift you have. You've not missed out on anything. And so in the midst of, of this very dysfunctional church, the Holy Spirit, he's there. And he's teaching and he's leading. He's trying to get this church into shape. <laughs> and so Paul, who, who uh, you know, planted the church, went to Corinth, planted that church, spent 18 months there, You'd think the Paul of the Apostle would get them all in shape and, and for the first 18 months he probably did and then he leaves and when he leaves they just go all crazy. <laughs> and so now he's, he's addressing one of the other areas of concern in the church and we, we saw some of those, we've looked at some of those now about the gifts of the Spirit. Brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed. Uh, you know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray, astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus because and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Church, can you say Jesus is Lord this morning? One, two, three. Hallelujah, and that is by the Spirit of God. But anyone can say that. But there's something happens in your heart, isn't it, when you do say that? Jesus is Lord, and then you take it one step further. Jesus is my Lord. And all of a sudden, your, your heart and your spirit comes to life because you know that. And so... There are different kinds of gifts, Paul says, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord we're ser serving. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in 
everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. You get this kind of picture. Right here, here we are, right? Here we are as the church. And, and if we had eyes, <laughs> I guess, um, we could see the Holy Spirit as he determines uh, distributing the gifts. Distributing the gifts. Giving them out. And... No one's missed out. You see, each one, every one of us here this morning, and we'll develop that a little bit later on, every one of us here have a gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's just distributing, and he's knowing him. He, he knows us, and he knows exactly what gift he's going to give each one of us just as he determines. Okay. The Apostles' Creed. Um, if you're from uh, an Anglican background or um, any other, maybe uniting um, uh, uh, Presbyterian, whatever it might be, you will know the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead and buried. He descended into hell and the third day he rose again from the dead and ascended into heaven and sits on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins and the resurrection of the body and life everlasting Amen. What a creed. What a testimony of our faith. It's a shame we as Baptists don't use it more often. Jesus was crucified. And by the way, this is probably my introduction to communion a little bit later on. So we'll just move straight into communion and distribute the bread and drink from the cup. Jesus was crucified. He was raised from the dead and went back to his father. Your father, my father, his father in heaven. And church, 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 he's coming again. <laughs> he's coming again. Jesus is coming again. Jesus is coming again. And maybe we will meet him in the clouds. Hallelujah. Or maybe our eyes will close and immediately they'll be open and we'll see him. We'll look on him, our Lord and our Saviour. But Jesus is coming again. 
Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and 3 and 5 wrote, I passed on to you what was most important. Church, this is most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins. Just as the scripture said, he was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day just as the scripture said. Christ's physical body is no longer here. But his spiritual body is. That's us. We are the spiritual body of Christ. Let's get a big picture here, church. Let's get a greater understanding of who we are. We are the spiritual body of Christ. And Paul was to say, you are the body of of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Each of us is a part of the spiritual body of Christ. So what does that mean for you and what does that mean for me? Well, it means that just as the physical body has many parts and plays and all those parts play a different role, have a, have a different function in the body, so each of us each of us is a part of Christ's spiritual body and we have a particular role or a particular function. And I hear perhaps you might say, but Graham, uh, you know, I, I don't have a spiritual gift. Can I just remind you of what I said earlier on from the Word of God? This is God's Word, not Graham's Word. Each of us have a spiritual gift. Each of us, no one was missed out. They didn't say, uh, Steve, 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 where's Steve? Where's Hodgie? For goodness sake, where is he? Oh, I don't know, he's, no, he's behind the door. Well, he's missed out. No, he hasn't missed out. None of us have missed out. God has given to us a gift and we move in that gift, we operate in that gift in the church. We have a, a role to play, a function to play. And the function or the work or the ministry that each of us carry out in the body is determined by the spiritual gift that the Holy Spirit has given to each of us. All these Paul says, all these gifts are the work of one and the same Spirit and he distributes them to each one just as he determined. So Paul wrote now about spiritual uh, gifts, about the gifts of the Spirit. Brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed. Now, I suspect that it's not so much about ignorance of the, spirit, the spiritual gifts or being uninformed about the spiritual gifts here in our church. But rather, uh, there's a need to be reminded once again about the gifts God in his grace has given to each one of us. And then using those very same gifts to serve one another, 
to serve his purposes and bring glory and honor and praise to him. In fact, that's exactly what Paul is saying in those introductory words. And he's saying now about the gifts of the Spirit. Now about the gifts of the Spirit and really the correct um, word, I guess, for that should read a little bit like this. Now about the spirituals. Now about the spirituals. And the spirituals consist, consist of spiritual service. This morning we had um, Jenny lead us in worship. And we had a, a bunch of musos here. And God bless you all. It was wonderful worship. And there's a whole group of um, musicians here. And Mary, what is their primary, primary gifting? Uh, worship leading? Some might say that that is a gift. Maybe it was worship leading. Uh, being able to play instruments, is that a, a spiritual gift? Uh, it possibly is. But their primary gift is one of encouragement. One of of encouragement and building us up and, and encouraging us through the word that's read and through the songs and drawing us into the presence of God. So um, there's a spiritual service. Um, isn't it funny how you just get a blank? Rosemary. <laughs> Old age. Yes, I do. Old age creeps on, doesn't it? For us all. Don't laugh, okay? So. But Rosemary, what, what, what would you say her gift was? Computers. <laughs> no, 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 no. How are you encouraged? I know I am, and I know the musicians are, like if Rosemary's on or Liz is on on that thing, and Peter up on there, or Paul up on there. It's the gift of encouragement. You walk in here and you're immediately encouraged because they're serving. They're gifts of service. He hasn't got the gift of sound engineering. It's the gift of encouragement. Does that make sense? And we'll talk a little bit about why, how gifts build up our faith. So there's the spirituals Paul is talking about. He's not just talking about spiritual gifts. He's talking about the spirituals. And one of those is spiritual service. The other is spiritual activity. And, one is, and the other is spiritual maturity. And we've seen, haven't we, throughout our whole series in Corinthians, that spiritual maturity was not a strong point with the uh, Corinthians. And we said at the very beginning, spiritual maturity has got nothing to do with how much of this is in your head. <laughs> what spiritual maturity is, is how much of this is in your heart and how much you do it. That's spiritual maturity. You could be, have a church full of theologians, 
and have no spiritual maturity because they're not doing anything. I don't want to get down on theologians, but you understand. I'm just kind of amplifying that a little bit beyond its reasonable thing uh, to make a point. So they were a proud bunch, weren't they? They were arrogant, really. They were arrogant and proud and sensual and carnal and divisive and quarrelsome and the Holy Spirit's at work in this church. (laughs) And it appears that when it comes to spiritual gifts, there's a whole lot of misunderstanding or there's rivalry, there's pride and there's abuse. And in fact, instead of building up the church and bringing it together and that's what the gifts do, builds up. My goodness, I feel built up every time James puts something on the table. (laughs) I really feel built up. I'm sure you guys as well, you all need to go on a diet. We do feel spiritually built up. And instead of the spiritual gifts bringing that unity and that, that uh, um, oneness together and building up and strengthening and growing faith and, and passion and excitement for the Lord Jesus Christ and for the mission and for the call of God on the church, this whole church is imploding. It's starting to split over really good stuff. And brothers and sisters, how many times have you heard stories of churches that have split over the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Give me a gun. (laughs) Uh, Truly. You just want to go into those churches and grab them and shake them. because they haven't read chapter 13. The way of love and of forgiveness and of humility and all those kinds of things. So here we have this church that is now on the verge of splitting. Now, in defense of the church, let me say that not everyone was caught up in this. All right, there were, not everyone was in this kind of thing, and even in this age, it's the same. There's usually just these pockets, these factions. So there are others who are shaking their head and saying, "This should not be. This does not honour the Lord Jesus Christ. This does does not advance His kingdom." And so we read in chapter 11 and verse 19 where there were those who had received God's approval because they weren't involved in all this carry-on. So, I said it wasn't so much that we're uninformed about the spiritual gifts and I'm not going to say, well, you know, the gift of this and the gift of that and the gift of something else. I think you have heard that a zillion times. But what I want to say is that we need to be reminded of. So what do we need to be reminded of? We need to be reminded that spiritual gifts strengthens faith in others. 
And if you were reading through the New Testament, the first place you would run into the term spiritual gifts is in Romans, uh, sorry, Romans 1 verses 11 and 12. I long to see you, Paul says, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. Now, at first glance, you have a look at that and we may think that Paul wants to help or, or give them a spiritual gift. You know, I, I come with a bag of gifts <laughs> and I'm, I'm just going to hand some gifts out uh, to each of you. No, no, Paul's not the distributor of the gifts. The Holy Spirit is the distributor of the gifts. And so when I first uh, started reading through Romans and I looked at this verse, that's exactly what I thought. Paul is not saying that. He's simply saying that he wants to give them the benefit of his gifts. I long to see you, he says, that I may use my gifts to strengthen you. You know, I'd love to go home today and I'd love to think that the gifts that I have have strengthened you this morning. That you could walk out of here and not say, oh, what a great sermon but rather go, you know, God, thank you so much. I really feel strengthened this morning. I come to understand that the gifts are given to be given. The gifts are given to be given, not to be hidden away. Do you remember Jesus, uh, the parable of the talents in Matthew 25? Uh, two of the servants, they use their talents and uh, they bring a, a huge dividend back to the master and one of them buries it, buries his talent and hides it away. Well, I want to tell you, it was never his to bury. It was never his to bury. And that church is one of the things and the dangers that happens with us. The Holy Spirit gives us a gift and what do we do? We don't use it. We don't use it. For whatever reason, we don't use it. Oh, I feel inadequate. And the Lord goes, but my power is with you. I feel afraid, but my presence is with you. Oh, I'm not like, but I didn't make you like. I made you, you. And I have given you a gift to use. And so uh, we don't bury our gifts. Um, whatever belongs to you doesn't belong to you. Whatever belongs to you does not belong to you. And that's the parable um, in Matthew 25, everything is given to us of God's grace. Everything that we have. Are you talking about my home? Yes. Talking about my automobile? Yes. Are you talking about my stash in the bank? Yes. Are you talking? Yes. 
We don't belong. Nothing belongs to us. It all belongs to the Lord. So what I want you to do is this. Just give me your credit cards later, okay? (laughs) But all jokes aside, that's exactly um, the kind of attitude that we have. So we learn from Paul's attitude and his understanding as to the use of his gifts and to what was in the mind of the Holy Spirit regarding the use of gifts. We learn that gifts are given to strengthen us. Paul wrote, I desire to share with you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. So what's behind the term strengthen you? What does he mean by that? Well, he's not referring to bodily strength and yet I can, I can be uh, with someone with the gift of encouragement because I'm down and I'm not feeling good. I'm not feeling good about myself. I'm not feeling good about what I've done. Um, I feel the weight of what I've, perhaps some sin or some attitude or or some depression that's coming on me, but I'm in the presence of an encourager and they're encouraging me. Not only does it strengthen me emotionally and spiritually, but all of a sudden it's like my legs get stronger as well. My body gets stronger. Is is that reasonable? I think it's true. And you see the power of the gift of the Holy Spirit that he gives to you. So we walk away strengthened inwardly, but yet I feel stronger in the body. So what is he referring to? Well, uh, he's not referring to bodily strength, and yet I think there is some of that in there, but he's referring to strength of our faith. Sorry, I'm spitting all over myself this morning, let alone somebody in the front row. So he's talking about um, ah, here we go. Sorry, 1 Thessalonians 3 verse 2. We sent you brother, uh, our brother Timothy to you. Why the heck would you send Timothy? <laughs> okay. He serves God by spreading the good news about Christ. His mission, whose mission? Timothy. This is why we're sending Timothy. His mission was to strengthen and encourage you in your faith so that these troubles don't disturb any of you. You know that we were destined to suffer persecution. You remember Paul saying to Timothy uh, when he wrote, to Timothy, he said, what I want you to do, I want you to, <laughs> I want you to fan the gift. <laughs> you know, get, get that gift going. And I think that Timothy had a lot of gifts. But one of his gifts, you've just nailed it, one of his gifts here is he, he's a great encourager. Timothy was a great encourager. That was his mission. Yeah, what a great mission. Are you an encourager? Has God given you the gift of encouragement? Use that gift. Romans 12, if he's given you the gift of encouragement, use it. That's your mission. 
God doesn't want you to be Billy Graham or Randy Clark or anything, you know, some great evangelist. He's given you a gift of encouragement. God says, that's your mission. That's all I need you to do, Graham. Just get that encouragement into people. Just build them up in Christ. Just strengthen their faith. Man, I get excited about that stuff. And use it. Keep using it, Graham. Don't pull back. Don't pull back. Don't go, oh, it's about time somebody encouraged me. No, 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 no. Just keep encouraging. Whatever the gift may be. Sorry, Mel, I do that to babies. I'm sorry. <laughs> I remember one time I played King Nebuchadnezzar in a, uh, in a play and it was a packed church and Nebuchadnezzar was an angry man. He was always an angry man. And so I had to come out and I had to shout at the top of my voice. And I shouted at the top of my voice and about four or five kids all burst into tears. And, <laughs> and they had to take them out. <laughs> and when I got home, Robin goes, oh, you did that really well. Of <laughs> course, she's got the gift of encouragement. <laughs> Don't you love the word of God? It's good, isn't it? <laughs> okay, so to strengthen <laughs> someone by a spiritual gift means to <laughs> oh dearie me it means <laughs> to support and to encourage their faith to support and to encourage their faith so as they will not easily give way when trouble enters their lives we have spiritual gifts in order to help one another. Okay? To help one another, to keep your faith. Whatever the spiritual gift is, it's to help you keep your faith strong. That's why God's given it to you, to strengthen one another. Put an arm around your brother or sister or to... Uh, turn up with a meal or to, or to grab them and say, let me pray with you or the list goes on or to get up here and, and sing and to lead worship or to be down the back with the children or whatever it might be or to take up the collection. The list is boom, boom, boom. It's huge. How good is that? <laughs> I, I, truly, I think the Lord is here having a good time this morning. I, really do. <laughs> I think he's amongst us just laughing. He's having a good time. <laughs> okay. So it's to strengthen our faith. So when troubles come, then we stay on an even keel. So why not take just a moment right now, okay, and think about someone in our fellowship whose faith is being threatened in some way and ask yourself whether or not you have that spiritual gift suited to strengthen that person. Now, you might be able to glance around this morning and or think of someone and you might say, oh, I don't know if I have that spiritual gift. Let me tell you something. You'll never know you have it until you try and do it. 
Okay? You'll never know you have the gift. A friend of mine, one time I was, I was with World Vision, I was walking past his office and he, he said, Graham, come on in. I went in and sat down and we talked and he said, you know, I can see you being a pastor one day and I went, <laughs> you're kidding. And probably you can still laugh. <laughs> I said, you're kidding. I'd never do that. I could never do that. And he was, I was right. I could never do that until you actually step out and you do it and you find God is totally adequate. Totally adequate. And he just begins to grow that gift. So Paul wrote these words. Uh, where am I? It didn't matter. I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. So all spiritual gifts, let's see if I got it right this time. Okay. All spiritual gifts, uh, talk about, yeah, oh there we go. Thanks mate. Okay, all right. So, all, can I say that again? All spiritual gifts have the ability, have the inherent power to strengthen each other's faith. And when each of us uses or moves in our gifting, then the corporate faith of the church is strengthened. Now, let's just let that sit there for a second when we're all moving in our giftedness, the corporate strength of the church increases. Absolutely. Nail that one to the mask. So, why is that so? Why is that so? Because all gifts, Paul reminds the Corinthian believers, are a manifestation, a sign, an expression of the nature and of the power of God through the person of the Holy Spirit. He reminds the Corinthian believers like he's reminding us right now that the gifts are a manifestation or a sign an expression of the nature and the power of God through the person of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, that's just absolutely mind-blowing because when we're using our gifts, we're getting a glimpse of God. It's a manifestation. The person who stands be here and leads in worship has the gift of encouragement. You're getting a glimpse of God all that we had the eyes to see that. Now, I don't want to pick on people right now, but I think of Mary Gilchrist. When she goes into the hospital, she goes taking the presence of Christ with her into those places, into the wards with the people, and she's talking to staff. She's encouragement. She's bringing the compassion and mercy of Christ. And guess what? They're glimpsing God. That's what it's all about. 
It's a manifestation. To each one, Paul says, the manifestation of the Spirit is given. A revelation, a seeing of God. And that's what the gifts are. We see and we see the Lord Jesus Christ. We are His spiritual body. We see Him at work. And it takes our breath away. Because this is just not a glee club where we all gather and sing songs on a Sunday or we meet during the week. This is the very temple of the Holy Spirit. And God reveals himself to us as we, do, uh, as we use our gifts. However, each gift must be functional for Christ to be fully revealed. Each gift has to be functional for Christ to be revealed or else what? Or else you've got a disabled body. We've got plenty of, plenty of, uh, uh, we've got plenty of teaching. We just, we just need some encouragement. Is anybody out there with a gift of encouragement? Someone just say, Graham, you can do it. Oh, okay, there you go. Not disabled anymore. Not disabled anymore, but fully functional. The spiritual body of Christ at work through the gifts that he gives to us. So God has given to us, down the bottom, each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Don't you love that? His great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. And I'm finishing off here. Peter makes it quite clear that everyone here in this building this morning, this very moment, this very place, right here now, has a gift from God to be used in serving our brothers and sisters here at BBC. Whatever that gift is, it's given by God for the good of others and for the building up of one another's faith. The Holy Spirit has given to you and to me whatever gifts and abilities that we may have for the welfare of others. It's not just for our benefit, but gee, we love it. There's, you know, truly, there's a lot of joy in it, isn't there? H- how do you know what spiritual gift you have? Whatever brings you joy. Whatever really turns you on. That's God's gift. That's how you recognize it. Uh, that's the easy way to recognize it. But they're not just for our benefit, but... He gives them to us to enjoy as well. God has given to, to you that spiritual gift. Serving him, bringing him, and that's the bottom line now, bringing him honour and glory and praise and recognition. All of that. Paul writes, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. 
I'm really looking forward to morning tea. So, Father, we thank you for all of your grace, your love and your goodness to us expressed in our Lord Jesus Christ, whom we love so much. And we thank you, Lord, that you've given to us a great salvation. We are wonderfully and powerfully saved through the body and through the blood, the shed blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. We believe, Lord, that he carried our sins on the cross, that he died and he was raised from the, get, the dead. And Father in heaven, we believe that he's coming again. Lord Jesus Christ, come. Lord Jesus Christ, Maranatha, come. Lord Jesus Christ, come. And come into our hearts this morning as we take this uh, uh, bread and we drink from this cup. Come anew and afresh by your Spirit into each of our lives this morning. You are our life. You are our bread. You are our living water. And we eat this bread and we drink from this cup giving you thanks for all that you have given to us. Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The body of our Lord Jesus Christ that was given for you, take and eat this in remembrance that he died for you and feed on him in your heart. And the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ that was shed for you that was shed for you. Think on him and drink it with joy.